Hey, Augmenters. Today we are talking to Patrice Webb. Julie, how cool is it that we get to have conversations with folks who describe themselves as kindness infusion experts? This is the best. We just get to talk to all the coolest people, and Patrice is probably top of that. And how often do we get to talk about KRS-One in our professional life? For real. I mean, I'm literally looking at Patrice's LinkedIn right now, and her most recent post is about Dougie Fresh going back to his rap origins with Jalen Rose. So hip-hop and basketball, it's like, I couldn't be more excited. And hip-hop and mentoring. Think of all the mentors, all the hip-hop mentoring. That could be a whole other deep dive for us. But in the meantime, we did get to talk to Patrice. Oh my gosh. The thing I loved so much about our conversation with her is actually related to how her and I know each other in that we have, uh, you know, traveled in similar circles in our professional lives. And every time we meet, we have this great connection with each other. And I have felt like she has mentored me just by how she shows up to our conversations, which reminds me that mentoring can happen anytime. You might not even know what's happening. She did expand the the definition of mentoring for me, where if you get too rigid, you can sometimes, you know, the idiom, shoot for the trees and miss the forest. So the thought of a five minute mentor, like it's still got to have a little bit of meat on the conversation, but at the same time, you know, you don't have to suddenly enter into every week for the next five months, we're going to be talking. And I think it, it feels like maybe there's two things that have to happen in those conversations. One is I think for the mentee who's listening to somebody or just uh, being part of conversations is really kind of keeping your eyes open and thinking about what you can learn from others. And then, you know, for us, even you and I as individuals, always making sure as best we can, our interactions are really genuine. Our interactions are really not always inspiring. I know we're not always inspiring. Sometimes we're inspiring. It depends upon how much coffee we had. But how no, do we no, stay? Sorry. Come on. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. You're very kind. Um, but yeah, just, just be mindful of how, you know, we show up for others, uh, that, that people are always watching and people are, are always listening. So I feel like this episode, you know, can you kind of work through the principles in five minutes? I don't know. We should try. It sounds like we got a podcast in our future. But yeah, I, I'm really excited to uh, share this conversation. And something that really struck me was Patrice sometimes would feel that she was all over the place. But no matter what, she was still showing up the same way. And to me, that just meant she had such a variety of experiences and passions. And no matter what, she was still bringing that authentic self, continuing to be empathetic and vulnerable. So in a way, she was actually more disciplined and focused than most people. She just didn't happen to literally be in the same place for the same conversation. But Patrice was the same everywhere. And that was really a next level approach to, you know, just, you know your daily life, like how you're, how you're getting through everything. But to, to that, that level of consistency to yourself, I felt was really important. Consistency. One of our, one of our favorite principles. I know it's hard to pick a favorite, but I would say consistency is one of them. That is a great way to sum it up. Stay consistent, stay mindful, and listen to our podcast. Here we go. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. I know you and I have met a couple times and every time I just get so much out of our conversations and I'm so, you have mentored me in a way that you don't even know because when I have the conversations I've had with you and the opportunity um, to hear you speak, 
I feel like you bring this incredibly calming energy and really focused energy that I feel I try to bring into other conversations. You and I have had conversations. So um, I know we talk a lot about sort of formal mentoring and, you know, but I think just how you have been in our conversations, just you are already been a mentor to me. So thank you for that. So I was really excited to have this conversation with you today. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> gushing a little bit. Thank you. And, and I would say the same goes back to you uh, with your perspective. Uh, so we are just fangirls of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy just got to show up for the fangirls. celebration. <laughs> It's my favorite role. I just get to watch and listen and learn. <laughs> Patrice, we'd love to hear just a little bit about your background and, you know, the different kind of uh, paths you've taken and, and how mentoring has showed up for you. Sure. Thank, thank you. Well, thank you again for having me on today. Um, it's exciting. Um, I will say that my path is pretty much anything that comes in my way, I consider as a possible learning experience. And so... Um, professionally, I've literally been all over the map, um, community organizer, volunteer, campaign, uh, finance director, um, uh, staff on, uh, for a foundation connected to Capitol Hill. I've worked in telecom, focusing on consumer rights. Um, I've worked for the ACLU as a grassroots organizer after 9-11, uh, decided to pay off my school loans and went to Heineken for about a decade and had the most amazing um, education in the global business world, supply chain, beer, um, marketing, communications, all the things. Uh, and then I, I got even more curious about myself and, and how were these opportunities coming my way and how were these things showing up and uh, went to grad school to get a master's in behavior change. And I focused on uh, decision making because I felt like uh, over the years, when you have those moments where you, you, you get, you get, and I'm saying get with intention because it's a euphoric experience to have a choice, how much fun that is to understand why you might lean one way or the other. Um, and it, all of that to say throughout this entire path, one of the most important things has been the series of mentors that have come in my path and then the opportunities to share what I'm learning, what I'm experiencing with others. Um, the formalized word of mentor mentee, I don't know that I would define it because I feel like sometimes there's like five minute mentees or mentors and sometimes there's lifetime and, and everything in between. Um, but my path here has all been and with any um, continued luck will always be because I'm so incredibly curious. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm a little all over the place, but at the same time, I show up the same way, uh, focused on learning and engagement. Uh, and um, that's pretty much how I got here. I guess that path, it's all messy and fun, you know? I mean, but Patrice, I, I love it, especially uh, how you said that you're not going to define mentors and mentees, yet you used a wonderful definition for, I went to Heineken to pay off my student loan. <laughs> like, oh, all right. I got some tact in the room. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you know, uh, the FICA score matters. <laughs> so, you know, apparently, it, yes. Uh, um, not that, not that money is everything, but, uh, you know, being able to use it in your toolbox, uh, to eliminate further worry, you know, if you want to go abroad or, or do something that's not going to have a direct connection to making, um, income, it's, it's a good idea to do things at some point that do allow you, you know, that freedom. And I'm using that word allow very gingerly, 
uh, because I don't believe, and I don't want to get into a conversation about you know the role of money. Everybody has a different relationship with money. Um, for me, I guess I'm telling on myself a little bit, I've moved from a place of like an emotional relationship to a, um, a toolbox relationship, uh, which has also helped, I think, just my perspective of, of why I can be curious about so many different things on my path um, and be open to, as you say, Jimmy, different mentoring experiences, whether I be receiving or giving. Um, there's, a, there's a tremendous freedom uh, in understanding that flow of things. And I love, I've never heard that, the five-minute mentor or the lifetime mentor. Yeah. Um, we're always trying to figure out the different kind of ways to talk about it. I I think that is so true because sometimes I'll have a conversation with somebody. Actually, even yesterday, I was in Washington, D.C., and I ended up in an um, Uber going to the, or the lift, I guess, going to the train station. And I had a really intense week and thinking about a lot of different things. And the uh, Uber driver, the Lyft driver, sorry, was playing KRS-One. <laughs> um, and we had a whole long conversation about authenticity and integrity and, you know, not going for the big, we were talking about the money, like not going for the big mm-hmm. thing, but staying like so true to it. So it's actually, I was thinking about you, obviously, it's about <laughs> public health and this whole conversation. I felt like in that 11 minute ride, he was a mentor to me because the, um, the driver as well as what we were listening to. And we had a really intense conversation about it. Will he be a lifetime mentor? Probably not. I did give him five stars, yeah. um, but I don't know if I'll ever see him again. But uh, yeah, could you talk a little bit more about that? Times where you had you know, sort of the five five minute mentor and the lifetime mentor. Yes. Um, well, let me also say that I actually think that no matter how long the time with someone who drops knowledge or opens a door or challenges your assumptions, it is a lifetime, right? Because that learning, that awareness, stays with us, even if we only technically knew them for five minutes or the, the distance from one place to the other. I don't think that that matters. I think, um, uh, let me say that it's taken a while um, living in D.C., you know, you're in this space where everybody here it comes here because they're smart and everybody, for the most mm-hmm. part, comes here because we all want to change the world and save the world and fix this problem and fix that problem. Um, and it is truly uh, by the grace of God and, and all the other entities, whatever you believe, that um, are part of your life that we get the opportunity to pay attention also. And in that paying attention, you start, I, I believe that you get invitations to um, learn things uh, like, and that's where I get into that. I don't believe in like a real structured definition of mentor mentee. I think that just the genuine conversation, like you just described in the car, that's, those are some of the most brilliant aha moments, right? And they're, they're these people who, who bring, who give us that gift, who I don't know that we adequately will ever get to thank them. Uh, and then there's some people where it's more structured, right? Where it might be inside of an organization and maybe this organization is structured such that the executives mentor, you know, sort of folks who are below them, if you will, in ranking. Or it can be in an organization where you just find somebody that you like. I have been fortunate to have all of those experiences. Um, I think, not I think, one of my earliest mentor memories uh, was when I was working for the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation. And it was a woman who I just, first of all, thought she just dressed like fire. I don't know what we would have said back then because it was like 20 years ago. But um, she just had this way of carrying herself. And I was like, I want to carry myself like that. Like, how do I learn how to do that? So I just leaned into the curiosity and was like, where'd you get that suit? You know, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> definitely couldn't afford to do a suit where I can't remember where it came from. Uh, but for her, I, 
I later learned that she was impressed by me by, by talking to her, not being um, intimidated by the fact that she was on the board. And we struck up a conversation and, and I was impressed by her just by the way she showed up. Um, to this day, we are dear friends. She, she played a mentor role for me for most of my career. Um, I had a chance to work directly with her when she left corporate America and I was in grad school and doing some consulting work. Uh, and she's always been there for me to call and just bounce things off of. And oddly enough, uh, about 10 years ago, um, the table started to turn a little bit where she was looking into spaces that I had been in for a while. And so she was calling me, you know, and asking for feedback. And that's what I meant by the, the like being open to whether it's a mentor mentee. I, I think those roles should be interchangeable because if you're always just taking and taking and taking, then you're kind of like, okay, you have like, you know, if you can imagine holding a bundle of like apples or something in your arm at some point, don't you want to make apple juice? Don't you want to make apple pie? Don't you want to share somebody else's, you know, share the apple with somebody else and get their response back and learn something you didn't know about the apples? You know, there's this fluid fluidity or flow, if you will, um, that I, that being mentored and, and also then mentoring others, if you don't get stuck in believing it has to be this structured thing, it's really quite amazing way to live, you know. And so we're talking about I was I was sort of talking about work, but I would apply that to larger life as well. And going back to the, the conversation you had with the with the driver, I mean, when I'm. I foster dogs, as I was saying earlier, and like when I'm out fostering the dog, fostering the dog, walking the dog, you know, I'm totally open to who we're going to run into. What's the conversation going to be? And you just never know these little nuggets that get bestowed upon us in the most unanticipated ways. I think it's all mentoring or, you know, coming and going. I, I love it, Patrice, be, uh, especially because you know, you're talking about like even five minutes can be a lifetime, yeah. whereas, you know, KRS-One's most famous song, Step Into a World, is so like clearly appropriate to this because even if you only have five minutes with somebody, you're really stepping into their world yeah. and can remember it. So yeah. uh, I think cosmically, Julie, you were meant to have that that moment with <laughs> KRS-One in the background. Yeah. which is is really cool. Uh, and, and Patrice, you're, you're really touching on for us, you're talking about like the kind of the flow of mentoring and how it can change. And that uh, in our Augmenters Eight Principles, we talk about evolution being the eighth principle and how that can change. And it, it's really kind of special uh, to hear that, uh, to get that feedback loop from somebody, like you're just talking about uh, the, this woman who you walked up to almost like, like impressed by yet intimidated a bit of yeah. her. And then you get the feedback loop later that this woman's like, okay, you know, like I, I respect that you, you came and talked to me. And sometimes something so simple as just saying hello can really mean so much in different situations. Absolutely. Um, is there a, you know, you all spend a lot of time together. Is there a certain like phrase or saying that uh, th uh, this woman would, would like, like has repeated and that, that sticks in your head? Yes. And she would, she would laugh and then she, uh, well, she would laugh now. She, um, so I have a little bit of a knack for languages and accents. Um, uh, I definitely own that I'm rather silly in that space. And, and do you know how sometimes you can be talking to someone and before you know it, you start <laughs> pronouncing things like, oh, yeah. not to be rude, but it's, it's like this weird, I don't know if it's like attachment theory, like failure or something, but so, um, 
I can remember on numerous occasions where we would, uh, this is when I was actually working with her doing some consultant work while I was in grad school. Uh, maybe we had a meeting with somebody who had a heavy accent and she would look at me and she would say, what did they say? Like she just like, and it was just, <laughs> she was totally present in the room, but literally had no idea what they just said. And then it went from her needing to say that to me to it's now just a look that she can give me, you know, from across the room. Uh, and I know I need to send her a quick text or I'll, I'll, I'll scribble it down. Um, and, and yeah, exactly. So it was like funny. It was like our thing at first I, I, I can definitely was like, Oh, well, we're in the same meeting. And then I realized that sometimes that just happens. You know, it's like she's sometimes people are so creative or, or they're thinking um, strategy or whatever, for whatever reason. And we just don't necessarily compute. But my gosh, this woman is, you know, and she at the time was an executive with a major corporation. And she felt comfortable enough with me, this 20 something to say, what did they say, right? And that's a lot of responsibility for me because that means I'm showing up in a way that she does trust me and she knows that I'm paying attention and she knows that I'm going to make, um, you know, offer her whatever she needs to make sense of the thing. And I think for us, you know, that's so great to hear. And and for us, it's really that, that time, especially in a mentoring relationship, if it is somebody that you really, you know, that's a lifetime mentor versus a five-minute mentor, there's going to be times where it could get uncomfortable. Like you're saying, there could be suggestions that are made that you don't want to take, or there could be, you know, misunderstandings, or there could be all different kinds of miscommunications. And so it's, you just keep coming back. You just keep showing up. Yeah. Also, there could be times when you're really scared, right? There's like something intimidating is happening and you're afraid of change, like you're saying, or it not going as you think it's going to go. And how do you keep showing up for it? And honestly, one of the reasons Jimmy and I started this is because both of us had uh, a lot of younger people reaching out to us to quote unquote, be a mentor, but really more like, Hey, do you have a job <laughs> for us? And, and we felt that kind of the, this, this first group coming out of, you know, new grads, grad school, that's kind of our target uh, audience. There is that element of you're going to need resi resilience and you're going to need to show up for things that are hard and you're going to need to show up over and over again. Yes, totally agree. Um, if I may, I can remember when I was in, so I went to grad school later, started my career pretty early on. I knew that I liked being in the, in the middle of stuff and I was obsessed with learning and obsessed with experiences. Um, and when I went to grad school, I had a good, oh, for 15 or so years, you know, under my belt uh, of working both in nonprofit and corporate America. And a number of my um, colleagues in grad school at GW, got to give a shout out to GW and behavioral science program. Um, a lot of them, you know, were coming right from undergrad. And in grad school with getting a master's in behavior change, you're, you're dealing, we're dealing with some pretty um, thick topics. Uh, you're talking about a compilation of strategic communications, um, overall strategy, organizational management, organizational development, uh, behavioral economics, psychology, psychology of groups, uh, research and the proper way to conduct research, right? And so without the work experience, a number of them, um, I can remember having conversations where they're like, I just don't get it. I don't understand. And it was, it was intriguing to me because I don't know what that feeling is like uh, to be in a educational program and then not have the personal experience to pull from um, because when I was an undergrad, I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a job. I wasn't, 
you know, there wasn't the same push pull, but now being vested in my career and pretty like clear, I have tons of experiences and memories. Some are mine, some are people I work with, some are, you know, uh, from friends, et cetera. But there's, it's just this very um, interesting uh, gap of opportunity between the, the recent undergrad who's now in the grad school program and the person who's been working who's now in the grad school program. So we had lots of lots and lots of very funny conversations um, as they were sort of working through understanding uh, group think, for example, uh, especially because we have social media and we didn't have that when I was in uh, undergrad, but we have it obviously when I was in grad school. Um, in an organization, group think works pretty much the same as it does, you know, if you're um, at any age and somebody says, you know, to use a <laughs> just thinking about a, a good example, like somebody says, let's go to the mall. Oh, well, people don't do that anymore, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> let's go to the mall. And, yeah, right, right. Let's go to Target. Exactly. And nobody says, well, why? What do you want to do there? What's the purpose? Do we want to go to that one or do we want to go to that one? Everybody's just like, okay, you know, and then you go. And sometimes, you know, when not sometimes, but a lot of times um, in an organization, that curiosity is exactly what's missing, right? And then you get the one person who says, well, okay, we could do that, but then can we go to this place or can we go to this place first? Or can we, you know, where somebody's just offering that, um, that level of curiosity in that educational space when you're learning um, about uh, things like behavior change, uh, the, 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 the opportunity to fill in the blanks uh, and have these conversations, um, get into your eight principles, it's like all of them. In grad school, um, it's much more about, let me, let me back up and say this, that I had a, uh, one of my professors used to say that undergrad is whether or not you can learn. Grad school is uh, about mastering your, your learning. And a PhD is the ability to say F you to somebody. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> so, so at the grad school level, we're like, we're becoming masters, you know, it's, it, it was really, really interesting to be mastering, uh, you know, behavior change with folks who didn't have any professional work experience. They had the curiosity. And then you've got folks who did have professional work experience who also have curiosity. It was just a very interesting um, experience and, and, you know, understanding the importance of vision, being able to articulate your vision, being able to come up with a strategy and have a roadmap to be able to say, yeah, we're not going to go left. We're going to go right. Or to say that we decided to go right, but we're going to change our mind and go left and being intentional. Um, you know, the curiosity, I know you guys use search. That's such an innate thing as well. I mean, I don't need to go through all eight, but you get what I'm saying. Like all of the elements that are your, um, that are part of, of, of your focus are, are one, were part of my grad school education, which is kind of funny. And then two, you hit the nail on the head in terms of roadmap for life. And, and I think living a happy life, um, you know, both professionally and personally with those mentors that can be in the professional space and also in, in the personal space and mentors and mentees, I should say. Um, so that was just like a big throw up. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I love this. But so now Patrice, I'm too curious. So when yeah. you used to go to the mall, did you first go to the sharper image or oh, like Macy's or would you go get the snacks first? So like you, know, a- you know, you're wrong for this question, right? Um, <laughs> let's see. 
It depends. Uh, so we had, uh, you're dating yourself too. So uh, the fact that I'm <laughs> that question. Sharper Image was always fun, especially to sit in that chair. But there was this other store that had like kind of um, Spencer's. Um, Spencer's was also on our um, our list because Spencer's had like science one-off stuff in there. Um, and it was odd things. Uh, it was a little bit of everything that was in there. Um, and I grew up in Baltimore. So my mall was either the Mall of Columbia, uh, White Marsh Mall, or, oh God, what was this other one? I don't even know if it's open anymore. I think it was called Golden Ring. Uh, which oh, is- yeah. Okay. All right. Are you from Baltimore? I live there now and I go to that Home Depot. Oh, do you? <laughs> Spends a lot of time at that Home Depot. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, it depends, right? Um, the thing with the snacks, your question, which I now understand, I didn't know then, is they pump the smell of like the Annie's pretzels, right, through the through the mall. So, or the Cinnabon or whatever. So if, if we happened to get dropped off when I was younger and couldn't drive, if we got dropped off, I think, at a door that was closer to one of them, we might have gone for the snacks before going into the store. But is that, is that a, behavioral, a behavioral approach? <laughs> Did you learn it? Was that was there a class on that at uh, GW? Actually, there it was. It was um, no, it wasn't at GW. It was uh, I think it was like a sixty minutes where they were talking about. I think it was like about cinnamon in particular, about you know the pumping of the smell through that makes people just like zombie go towards getting cinnamon. Oh my gosh, it totally works. It totally works. And I was always, I always had like coffee before shopping. Like no matter what, you gotta like you gotta have a little coffee to get you going. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Caffeine is not bad. <laughs> uh, so, Patrice, I, I had to ask that first because you've talked a couple times now about like laughing yes. and the kind of using laughter as a way to like acknowledge that we, you, group don't know something. Mm-hmm. So, and that like without laughter, you kind of miss some of that curiosity because you're being like so like, oh, it's this way, you know, blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit about? how you made the connection between laughter and change management. Cause I've never heard that before, but <laughs> it now makes so much sense to me. Yes. Um, so the best uh, def- or visual I can give is, you know how um, animals, something happens and they just, they kind of shake it. Right. As humans, if you're in a meeting and somebody says something that you don't get, if you just like somebody's going to might call the ambulance or ask you if you're okay or what have you. But if you can find something funny and either laugh yourself or, you know, infuse the laughter or whatever it takes to be able to do that, to break that up, like that is gold. Um, one of the best lessons I had in that was uh, when I was at Heineken. It's funny, actually, the, the gentleman who used to be the CEO of Heineken uh, North America is now the global CEO of Heineken. His name is Dolph Vandenbrink. And I thought you were going to say he's a stand-up comic now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally crying, Patrice. That was so funny. I'm just picturing people. Right. Staking in a meeting. Right. (laughs) You're like, you know, on to the next thing. No, I mean, if you have that kind of organizational culture, that, you know, that is aspirational. Uh, I think that is beautiful. If somebody does work in a place where the, the, the leadership has developed or has brought in and everybody's bought into the idea that if something hits you funny, just shake. I mean, that's, I think that's beautiful. And I would, I would 
applause to whoever. Put that in our augmenters, uh, our augmenters rubric that we insert <laughs> into organizations is the yes. moment of shaking. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, uh, but no, so, so I can remember, <clears throat> excuse me, when he would go uh, before the company in these uh, annual meet or couple times a year we had these meetings, he would kind of do this like, like that. And I don't know that he knew exactly what he was doing, but when, so, you know, observing him for a number of years. And then when I was in grad school and we did actually learn about movement um, in mitigating stress, I thought about that and I was like, Oh, I wonder if he knew what he, I, I don't know if, if Dolph, if you're, if you happen to listen to this, I was curious if you knew what you were doing when you sort of shifted your shoulders before um, addressing the group. But, but um, my point being is that you see it more with, with animals. And I think they are great teachers uh, for not just engagement, but evolution also, because they've been around longer than we have. Um, and, and, you know, not to get all sad, but we are certainly experiencing some endangered species. And it's a real loss for us because observing animals, which are always present, they're not holding on to what happened last week or yesterday or this morning. And they're not holding on to anticipating what's happening next or tomorrow or next year. They are just present is just such a gift to be able to learn um, to, to be that way. That I also learned more about uh, in grad school in terms of the psychology of what is happiness and what is happiness for me um, is, is being able to be present um, in as much as possible. And when I'm not present, to know that I'm not present. And then to be able to, Jimmy, to get to your point, laugh about it. Because the way I see it is everything's an experience. And if I get stuck, if we get stuck in this one experience, how many more experiences are we missing? So if it if, if laughing helps me, like, you know, get my shit together and be like, okay, wait a second. I just, you know, I'm stuck. Like, help me move. And you can be, you can be literal and comical about it. And people will laugh because it's funny. When somebody's like, I'm stuck. You know, remember that commercial? Totally dating myself. There's this commercial that would say, uh, it was like a home alert system. And you would say, I've fallen and I can't get I've fallen, up. I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, um, I can't remember which one it is. Yes, I know exactly. Of like an alert, right? And no disrespect. I, you know, I love I love my older, older um, contemporaries for sure. But that was so funny because it was so simple. I'm stuck. I need some help. Like, why? You know, that's hilarious. It is funny. But, but then you have to say, like, well, why is that so funny? Because it's not made normal, right? We don't normalize um, very early on. We, we have an opportunity to normalize, I should say, asking for help or saying, I don't know, as, my, as, as Suzanne would say, my, my mentor would say, what did they just say? Like, just being that authentic and that open and not judging yourself and not fear, not, excuse me, not being afraid of being judged. Um, it is all the equivalent of basically laughing in the middle of something that is could be really stressful. Oh my God, I love it. And it really is a vulnerability, right? I think that's like the, the key thing with all that you're talking about is that vulnerability of being able to say, I don't know, literally. That woman was a 10-second mentor. It wasn't even yeah. a five-minute mentor in her yeah. bed, you know? And, and it is those those little pieces and things that you hear. So I think it is really that vulnerability. And I love, I have, I'm a dog, which Jimmy hears probably more about than he ever would care to hear about, and two cats. <laughs> and <laughs> they really are. Yeah, they really, they are mentors, right? They're yes. really mentors for us. And even having the ability to have 
you have so many different animals in your life. And Patrice, I feel like we could talk forever. You have given us so many great um, nuggets, some great things to think about. And uh, we just so appreciate your time and look forward to hearing more about your mentoring journey. I'm grateful that you are out in the world being a five minute, 30 second lifetime mentor to others as well um, and making the world a better place. So thank you so much, Patrice. Julie, I'm shaking with excitement. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is another thing that I love so much about our conversation. And I think of Sunny, my dog, who is just so cute. And all the time, whenever I walk Tell back in the house, actually. oh, please, I know you just want, you're dying to hear. I can show you pictures later. Lots of pictures. It's so cute. And he just, yeah, he does. He does that. Like he shakes, you know, something new happens. I walk in the house and all of a sudden he like gets up and he runs around and goes in circles and he shakes. And then he starts smiling. He actually smiles when I come in the house. I, I believe it. It's actually really true. And then he's transitioned from where he was before to where he is next, which is actually vulnerability of like, I can't handle just going back to back. And in our Zoom, fab, you know, our fabulous Zoom world that we're in now, you and I both were constantly just going back to back to back. And you have to like adjust depending upon what, what you're showing up for. Could we just stand up and shake? Can we make that a trend? Yeah. I, honestly, the, you know, there's, of course, some different uh, research on, you know, the classic like Amy Cuddy power posing and whatever. And that's pr shown to be proven inaccurate and then proven inaccurate, the inaccuracies. But uh, regardless, uh, there is something that like when you go from Zoom to Zoom or meeting to meeting or place to place, you can't just be continue our shaking. Like we can continue our shaking from Patrice into our chat now, but I can't do that from a meeting with one client into maybe a faculty meeting. If I'm suddenly like, let me tell y'all what just happened with this client. They're going to be like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, we're talking about academia. I'm like, it's hard on the brain that you can't be like your real self in that yeah and you can't keep flipping from one thing i mean i know you do do pull-ups and push-ups sometimes in between so i guess that is kind of like your own version of of shaking i just get up and drink some more coffee but i think that this is something we can really bring uh, a great tip the five minute mentor you know showing up for each other just in our everyday lives not even knowing what we how we could be impacting people and then allowing ourselves a vulnerability to have a moment to, you know, sort of transition from one thing to another, which will help us become more present. Definitely what I got from her conversation. Totally. And how your daily actions can actually have a greater effect and scale. Uh, I, I think it was really powerful. The ability for our podcast, hopefully, to empower folks to think, okay, it's, it's really okay to fall and not be able to get up right away. We all need people to call and rely on. And honestly, we all have those people. It's just sometimes we don't feel okay with reaching out to ask those questions. This kind of comes back to conversations we had previously where it's, you know, the CEO, the leader, the older person, whatever, needs to get rid of some of those power structures and just say, hey, I need help. Like I have fallen, whether that is about something as simple as I don't know how to turn my phone back on. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That is, that is at least what I have, but yeah, 100%, 100%. So yeah, this was a just, I mean, like every episode, I feel like we're continuing to build on all these skills that people are going to need as we, you know, move forward on our, on the roadmap of, of evolving uh, as a society and an organization in the workplace. So Jimmy, I'll kick it over to you to take us out. I'm not going to bring up a long talk about Darwinism and being, thank uh, you. 
our evolution over time, even though some of uh, Patrice's primal comments I thought were pretty powerful. So please visit our website for more interactive content at augmenters.us. Please like, subscribe, and most importantly, share our podcast with someone you care about. Feel free to drop us a line, questions, or suggestions via email, hi at augmenters.us, or find us on your favorite social media, at AugmentersHQ is the handle. If you want to help Julie and Jimmy in our mentoring journey, then please subscribe, because we all should ask for help. Big time thank you to our producers, Erlen Cato and Sean Omendam.